Welcome to another episode on the Unlocking Your Mind podcast. My name's Tom Morgan and I'll be bringing you an array of inspirational stories from people who have achieved amazing things. Each guest offers an interesting insight into the highs and lows they have faced along their path to success. There is definitely a lesson or two in each podcast and ways we can improve our own lives. I hope you enjoy. On today's podcast, I am joined by ex-professional dancer, online coach and WBFF pro JJ Stone. During this conversation, we discuss what life is like as a WBFF pro and the preparation that goes into it. This is a great conversation on the importance of goal setting, not comparing yourself to others, becoming more confident in your own body and not letting the opinions of others detract you from your own goal. We also chat about the importance of not rushing too far ahead, but instead enjoy the process and the journey towards your goal and all the lessons it teaches you. I hope you enjoy. Thank you for coming on the podcast today. Um, I'm really excited about having this conversation with you. I think it's a really interesting chat to have about, you know, health and fitness and and how important it is for like our physical and mental health. Um, so we'll have a chat about things like perfectionism, scrutiny, like why we shouldn't compare ourselves to others as we go along. But yeah, first of all, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, trying not to listen to the news <laughs> today. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, yeah, I'm just getting messages from people being like, do you know anything? Like, have you heard anything? I'm just like, do you know what? I'm just going to stay in my little bubble of today, my little bubble of happiness. <laughs> just wait to hear from anyone else. But yeah. Not let anyone pop it. Oh, it's, you know, it, it, it is what it is and whatever's going to happen, it's going to happen. So I guess, you know, we've been here before. Um, so we'll, we'll just see. Come 4 p.m. today, I think, is an announcement. So. Obviously, you're, that's your that's your job. You're fitness yeah. coach. You're an online coach. And this is like this is your livelihood at the end of the day. So, how has that like lockdown period been for you? And obviously, maybe another one now. Um, okay, so the initial lockdown, I I think I was so naive as to everyone else, like how long it was going to be. I thought I was actually going to be coming back to Norfolk for two weeks, like an extra like holiday chucked in there, um, and then everyone would be going back to the gym pretty much two weeks, three weeks later. And then, you know, four months goes past and it's kind of like, oh my God, where did that time go? Um, but I'm not, I can't sit still. I'm one of those people that I literally, as soon as I heard that gyms were shut, I was on the phone to some of the gyms where I work and I was like, right, let's get online, let's do this now. Um, and I had a couple of online clients myself, um, my private clients, but I was trying to push where I worked them to like get online. So there was, I worked for a residential um a residential gym basically so people who live in flats and they've got the gyms below um I have a lot of clients through those so I was trying to push the companies to like go online start doing classes start doing you know sessions online um I guess it's a lot harder when there's more people to organize in my head I was like just do it just do it straight away jump on yeah. which you can do I can do myself but getting a company to do it's a little bit harder so I was like, okay, what can I do? Um, so I started setting up my own classes and did pretty much turned myself into a leisure center. I think the first week I started classes, I had about 15 classes that I was doing and it was just a little bit crazy, but I was like, what else am I gonna do? Like, I love it, that's my job. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it, the first kind of lockdown, it just, did, it just didn't seem real. Like it was, um, in terms of my job, it just, I just kept thinking, oh, next week we'll go back, I'll go back to London, I'll go back to London. 
Yeah. Um, and then it kind of hit home and I, yeah, I, do you know what? I think I probably got depressed a little bit because um, I'm so used to being active. I'm so used to being up at five in the morning and being with people from six o'clock in the morning till nine o'clock at night and walking all over the place. And I couldn't. Um, and I had to actually spend time with myself, which I don't really do. Um, yeah. I don't like it, if I'm honest. I like being around people. Um, and even though I was, at, I was back at home with my parents, um, that was even harder because I'd moved out of my parents' house when I was 16 and then turned 30, I'm back living with them. That was you know, a, a whole other kind of lockdown fiasco. Um, so yeah, it was, it was just hard. And so it was in terms of trying to find a got, I kept pushing myself being like, okay, I've, I've got to do this many steps. I've got to get my nutrition in and I've got to do that for me. Um, but it was really hard because it was a totally different routine that I have not had ever, yeah. you know? And we, we love that, don't we? We're, I think all humans are creatures of habits. We love our routines. We love doing something. Mm -hmm. So then that time comes where you've got to be extra innovative in everything you do. Like it's, it's similar now, you know, there's a lockdown here in Wales where I'm living and I've got into my routine. I go to the gym at these certain times. I do my exercises and I suddenly can't go. So if you think, well, what can I do? You know, you're doing these outdoor exercise and exercises and he's still trying to hold on to some sort of normality like mm -hmm. you said like getting your steps in a day run a certain you know distance and trying to hold on to that but it's not as easy as that is it because people kind of they want their routine they want their way but then when it's taken from them and there's no kind of end date of when that's going to end it puts a strain on like you mentioned like your mental health it, like it puts a strain on a lot of people's physical and mental health so kind of how did you get through that like how did you adapt almost um I was probably not the best um person during lockdown my friend has a gym in his garage and I was like please can I borrow some stuff so like he had lent me loads of stuff I had in my back garden um and luckily obviously at that time the weather wasn't too bad so I was forcing myself to go out and doing sessions and I find obviously I am very much on social media and Instagram, but I was forcing myself to actually film my workouts because if I film my workouts and I'm like, I have to put this up, yeah. it forces me to get it done and forces me to do technique properly and finish my reps and that kind of thing. So I was doing that. I was trying to commit to doing that. I was trying to do some live workouts as well. So I was obviously having to push other people and then that pushes me. Um, but yeah, so I, probably, I went and trained at my friend's gym in his garage. Um, a couple of weekends actually through through lockdown unfortunately I then ended up breaking my wrist so probably oh. karma <laughs> um for breaking lockdown rules um which then literally put a spanner in the works where I couldn't do anything so I was then forced it wasn't a case of okay the gyms are shut so you can train outside it was yeah. gyms are shut you cannot even brush your teeth like it was in casts um oh yeah very immobile and um very different so like how did you deal with that then <laughs> <laughs> um i i tried to be really positive at the beginning and I'm, i am quite a positive person i like to yeah. see positive things um so i was like do you know what i'm going to document it all i'm going to put it on youtube and i'm going to instagram it and tell everyone about my journey back to because obviously I'd, my last competition was november um and that was obviously when my instagram was kind of the biggest and it was growing and then suddenly from going doing that where I didn't 
the best shape of my life to then lockdown where everyone's on weight. And then I couldn't exercise. So I knew I was in my head, I'm like, you're going to get fat. You're going to be so unfit. Um, you know, no one's going to want you as their coach. And all these things, all these like negative thoughts in my head. Um, so I was like, do you know what? The best way I can do that is to flip it around and make something of it and show yeah. them the journey. But that was actually really hard because I was on painkillers. I was on morphine. I was so tired. I wasn't sleeping because I couldn't, like, every time I moved, it was like painful. Um, it, and it was really hard. Like yeah. um, from going from someone who had, you know, a really strict routine to then changing your routine and adapting to then having absolutely no routine and trying to be kind to yourself, like kind to myself and accept, you know what, this isn't going to be forever. This is a short period of time. Just be, just do what everyone else, just watch Netflix, just chill. And I just, it's so hard. I find that so, so hard. If lockdown yeah. wasn't hard enough, you break your wrists <laughs> and have to go through that. <laughs> and both, not just one. And both. Why not? You've got to do both. Yeah. Yeah. That's so hard. But just to backtrack slightly. So obviously yeah. you're an online coach. You're mm -hmm. a WBFF pro. For those who don't know, World Beauty, Fitness and Fashion. So how did you get into that? Um, so I used to dance. Um, yeah. I went to dance school at 16 and I think when I was 23 I went over to China um, and I was on tour in China with a show and when we weren't in the theatres in the evening in the daytime we were pretty much just in our hotel you couldn't really go out because um, you'd just get lost basically <laughs> okay. so I spent a lot of time in the gym and I just ran and ran and ran I think every day I ran probably for an hour or longer and then I did some weights I wasn't really sure what I was doing um and I came back from the the four months tour of China and everyone was like oh my god you look so different you've lost so much weight and and then my friend's boyfriend was a PT at the time and said do you know what I'm gonna go watch this show do you want to come watch it with me and I was kind of like yeah you know why not something to do and I just sat I remember just sitting there and looking at these women on stage thinking oh my god how do you look like that and not just that but how the confidence they had with it like being on stage in a bikini i i mean from the dancing world being on stage in co any costume you're constantly criticizing yourself you know on stage that's it's the world i was brought up into you've got to be better you've got to look better you've got to be a certain look and and yeah. i was like these women they they all look slightly different obviously they're all lean they've all got muscles but i was like but they they are so confident i want to do that i want to see if i can do it so it was actually, I watched, um, it was Miami Pro and I remember coming away and I was like, right, what can I do? So I found a coach and I pretty much did a 10 week prep. I had no idea, right? <laughs> no idea what this show was. But I was like, when's the next show? What's this WBFF? Okay, I'm going to go for that one. Not knowing that actually looking back, everyone sees WBFF as like one of the top shows in the UK or even around the world, you know, and I was just like throwing stuff in at the deep end. 10 weeks um yeah stepped on stage and I just loved it I had a ball and I felt amazing um I came forth and I was like right I love it I want to do it again and it you then just get that bug okay um I think obviously from from being on stage as a dancer I was so used to performing and being on stage anyway yeah. that then doing it and being like I am so proud of my physique look look at me look what <laughs> I've done it just added that extra element um so yeah, that's pretty much how I got into it and then just didn't stop, left it. <laughs> I, I find that sport so interesting that, you know, along with bodybuilding, because like you said, 
you've got to be perfect and you often question how on earth they look in that shape and it's because you have to be perfect don't you your routine mm -hmm. has to be so disciplined and you have to be disciplined in everything you you train you eat you sleep how, like what's the most difficult part about doing it um going going into it if you have a very busy social life or okay. a job that's very sociable um I know a lot of people struggle if they have to go and entertain clients and they're constantly out. You know, it's it's that burning the candle at both ends. You just can't, um, especially when it gets down to like the last, I'd say eight, six to eight weeks and then on closer to the show. Sleep, it becomes such a priority that you're just, you're so tired. You're, you're you know, draining your energy levels every single day to burn that body fat, yeah. to not lose muscle. So you're constantly having to stimulate muscles all the time, you know, so it takes a lot of energy and then to be not going to bed till you know 11 and then if you're working nine to five and having to travel you know it's getting up to your cardio in the morning so you know it's just it is grueling in terms of <laughs> when people say oh I'm really tired and you're on prep and you're like you don't know what tired is because you've never done a prep um <laughs> it's yeah that's the hard part but mentally I think the hardest part is actually coming out of a prep it's okay. coming out of the show. It's stepping off stage after that, you know, months and months of preparation and seeing your body change and, and perfecting in that way. Yeah. Um, to step off stage and then it, you feel like, okay, my goal's finished now. What what can yeah. I do? I'm going to go back to being fat. I'm going to lose all my gains. Like it's this mental torture. Um, that is actually the hardest part. And if anyone says to me, I, you know, I'd love to compete. I'd love to step on stage. My question is, okay, why one and two, are you prepared to come back to how you look right now? Because mm. it's, it's not maintainable that stage physique and how you are right now is, is fine. You're, you know, you're healthy, you're well, whatever, yeah. if, if they are, um, you know, and it's like, you've got to accept yourself now and accept yourself every single week up into that show. And then every single week after that for the rest of your life. Yeah. So that is, that's the hardest part. And um, I think a lot of people have been there. That's certainly a topic that's come up a couple of times um, on this podcast with other people is that that feeling of self-worth and identity is often questioned when you do reach your goal, because you put so much into it, you sacrifice so much and it's for a short glimpse of time isn't it so yeah. how for you how do you deal with coming off and then almost getting back into real life again without getting too down about well my goal's finished now what do you do um so I think the first after my first show it was very much like I just in my head I was like oh I only did it for that first show yeah then when I saw the dates of the next kind of available show it was like I'm gonna I'm gonna do it again because I got such a buzz off in that show um I think I did, I did the first show in 2000, the 2014, second show 2015. Then I had like an 18 month, two year break um, where I focused just on life. And I wasn't really, I didn't think I'd do it again. I didn't, I hadn't placed very well in my second show. And I kind of was like, oh, do you know what? I'm not gonna bother with it. Um, and then two years on, I was like, do you know what? I really enjoyed that. And I want to get back to that and, and feeling like I'm doing something for me. So I then did the shows again. Um, but it was where, uh, the best time, I think, when I've 
dealt with it was when I won my pro card because I had I kind of got my goal I'd stepped on stage and then I'd actually got awarded my pro card I think the next day I was back in the gym because I was on such a high yeah um and I mean rightly or wrongly so I was on a high because I'd won I'd got my pro card and I was like right I'm gonna keep going and now I'm a pro you know actually 24 hours ago I was still a nobody but now I'm a pro and I'm gonna get in the gym and keep going and train towards my pro show um so I already had another goal in my head I think probably I should have looking back I should have set myself a different goal so not so much an athletic goal you know maybe a strength goal a lot of a lot of people that do um compete then decide to go and do like powerlifting or they they want to get stronger again because obviously when you do bodybuilding shows you're not necessarily strong you're not yeah. even necessarily fit you just look great that's yeah. all it is um you know compared to like crossfitters who actually are physically fit you know mm. and it's it's very very different style of fitness um i i think the best thing is to to have another goal you know whatever whether it's business whether it's family whether it's something it's something if you're very goal driven that's the best way to kind of step out of a show to know you've got something else I know a lot of people book photo shoots for like the week or two weeks after. So they, you know, stay on track as such. They might become okay. a little bit softer with their yeah. look, but they are still having to track their food. So it's not that you've, you know, lost everything that you've just worked for. Um, it just changes a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So have a goal that's separate from what you're doing, basically. Yeah. So just have have different goals that satisfy and fulfill different parts of your life rather than just one area which you give your whole oh, yeah. identity to you've got to do that because you know if, if you have prepped for three months six months yeah that part of your life that goal takes over everything it takes over your family it takes over friends you know you can go to weddings you can go to parties but you can't drink you can't eat that food so it's very much your your scales are tipped towards your goal of that that look after that's yeah. done you need to get back to life. You've got to see your friends. You've got to see your family. You've got to nourish that part of your your life. You yeah. know, they're, at the end of the day, they're the people that are going to be there for the rest of your life. That goal of, of that body is not going to stay with you forever. Um, so it is finding that balance and trying yeah. not to alienate people when you're on prep as well. <laughs> That's the hard part of it. Really? Why is that? Just because if people ask you to do stuff or birthday things and you're, yeah. you know, if, you're, if you find it hard to be around certain foods and and not indulge or you know yeah snappy or you know you know you're tired so you're like oh, I can't be bothered to go and do that it's it can be for someone who doesn't understand that's your goal and they appreciate it and they're like do you know what after the show we'll we'll catch up they some people can take it to heart and you obviously you know you don't want to offend anyone but you have your strict goal you know it's it's yeah it's so that must be hard that must be really hard you don't upset anyone but then you also want to you want to focus on your goals but yeah you don't upset anyone it's it's just finding that balance like you said isn't it yeah. yeah so for you then what would a typical kind of prep cycle be for a competition like this like how long beforehand would you think right it's time to dial in now this is this is it so it's pretty much a year round wow. for which people don't tend to think like there's me saying you know a prep for three or six months I'm saying a prep it's not really a prep it's your cuts so the longer that you can kind of say you take a year out between shows so when as soon as you step off stage from doing one show you're at your leanest you're at your the point where your physique can grow pretty
pretty much the most. You can feed it, you can then train it how you want. Um, so it's what a lot of people would say, actually, no, hang on, that's your reverse. So you've got to reverse out of your stage show. So you've dieted for like 12 weeks to get down to this point. Yeah. Your metabolism has been adapting. Um, you are trying to push it to keep it as high as possible, but it is going to adapt um, and it is going to try to conserve as much energy as possible. So you need to re basically reboot yourself and bring yourself back to a homeostasis or a normality, um, which takes time. I actually, out of all of the shows I've done, I have never done a reverse diet. And I wish I had because it takes, it's so much healthier for you. It's so much better, but you need to have a coach that is going to keep you on track for that okay. reverse diet. A lot of coaches would be like, oh, you've done your show now, kind of just go out and blow it and do whatever. And they, they're on to the next person. Whereas, like I said, the part is that is the hardest is after the show. That's when I think your coach has got to be on it even more to yeah. check in with you, to check you're okay mentally, physically. Are you still, you know, looking after yourself? Um, so say you do a reverse diet for like six, six to 12 weeks. Okay, so that's three months. Then you do a bulk phase or a, a growing phase. So it's yeah. not, you know, it's not uh, for three months, I'm just going to get really fat. <laughs> it's strategic it's okay knowing your maintenance level of calories and then upping it and pushing yourself and progressive overload with your lifts in specific areas you so say you're on stage and your feedback was you've got to grow your glutes or you've got to have tighter hamstrings or you've got to develop your shoulders or whatever you can spend that next you know from the day you step off stage up until when you start your cut again focusing on those areas that you've been given criticism on um and so then probably that takes you up to probably six months before the show. Okay. And then some people would do, um, you know, the next three months kind of not in a bulk phase, but just really developing um, what the, the muscle that they've got and keeping it. Um, they might continue to still bulk, but obviously the more, the heavier that it, you get or the more bulk you put on, the longer time you need yeah. to take it off. Um, so I think the best prep I did, the last prep I did was, it pretty much was for four and a half, five months. So I stepped on stage in November and I started my cut pretty much in May. Wow. End of May. I came back from, yeah, I visited my coach in Australia in May. I came back beginning of June. So it'd been June, July, August, October, November. Yeah, pretty much five and a half months. That's a long time because, so what, so for people who don't know, what is a cut? A cut is where you, every single week, you assess your physique. Um, it shouldn't, from week to week, it shouldn't be aggressive changes. It shouldn't be aggressive drops. You're basically trying to drop your body fat. So the only way you can do that is by either upping your, upping your energy expenditure. So do, going for more walks or adding some HIIT workouts in, whatever you need to do that's not an aggressive change from the week before. Yeah. Um, and then if you need to by the end, kind of lowering your calories. So you want to try and keep your calories as high as possible, the whole of your prep. Who wants to be told that you can only eat 500 calories a day? No <laughs> one does. You know, you want to tr be trying to, so through your bulk phase, through your reverse diet, you're trying to push your calories up as high as possible without really losing too much shape um, and without gaining too much body fat. So then when it comes to your cuts, you... Yeah, you, it's that energy balance of calories in versus calories out. You are trying to get your body fat down without doing anything stupid like dramatic cuts. Um, and also it helps your metabolism 
um, and helps you, <laughs> your mentality. If one week you're on 3000 calories and then you suddenly you drop down to 1800 for the start of your prep, you're just never gonna, you've got nowhere to go. Yeah. Um, and yet it's hard. <laughs> yeah, you've got to be really methodical with it, haven't you? Because I've seen so many people who would just suddenly go from having a high carb week and then suddenly say, right, I'm going down to like less than 20 carbs a day. And you think, how on earth can you do that? I know. You know. I mean, you can. Yeah. But you probably will end up having carbs again and you will have just lost water weight. And, yeah. you know, you might feel great because you've lost weight on the scales, but actually physically, have you actually lost body fat? Probably not. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, that's where you, and you kind of need a coach to kind of take away that mental strain for, from you. You're already pushing yourself to get up every morning to your cardio, to go and do your, you know, a normal day at work and then go to the gym in the evening and then go to bed and prep your food and all of that. You don't, it, I mean, some people do prep themselves, but I've always had a coach, um, someone to literally just tell me, right, this is your calories this week. This is how many steps you're going to do and this is your training plan. So you yeah. don't have to have that mental worry of, oh God, okay, how can I, how can I make it better next week? Um, I know, because I'm such a perfectionist that I would be like, I know that I would go in way too aggressive with myself. I'd look at myself <laughs> in the mirror and be like, oh no, I'm not, I'm not lean enough this week. Next week I'm going to drop my calories by certain yeah. Whereas when you have a coach, that's all on them, you know? Yeah, of course. Is it, I think you've answered that question now, but is it, is it more tough physically or mentally? Oh, mentally. Really? Hundred. Well, I guess it depends where you come from. If you've never done a, comp if you've never really trained in the gym and suddenly you just decide, do you know what? I want to do a competition, but you don't really know how to train. Yeah. um the best way to achieve the physique you want so that is going to be physical wise you know you're going to be learning a lot but and putting your body through a lot um you're going to have doms a lot um <laughs> but I think it's more meant even then it's still mental it's still you're still having to learn you're still having to be patient you know your body doesn't change overnight um it takes a long time so yeah, I think definitely mentally. And a lot of people, do you know what a lot of people have said or would say, oh, you know, I could do it. You could do it for a holiday, but I couldn't do it forever. And I could do, um, I'd love to do it, but I know that I wouldn't be able to. And that's yeah, mentality. Of course it is. You must have a really strong and positive mindset to do what you do because there's a lot of scrutiny in, in that game, isn't there? There's a lot. So how do you deal with that scrutiny? Um, I think because of, I come from a dancing background where yeah. I was doing dance competitions, I think from the age of six and seven, you know, I was on stage with other, other girls competing. I might not come first, might come second. So I'm, I've never, I mean, I've always had to deal with, I guess, rejection or criticism in some way, yeah. you know, even doing exams and things when you were dancing you get feedback and criticism too it's how you take it on of course. um it's hard when you step on stage for a bodybuilding competition especially i would say especially wbff because it's not a federation where there is a strict guideline of how you need to look okay um with like IFBB or UKBFF as it used to be or MPC, some of the um, other federations, they have 
kind of their poster girl or poster guy of what you're to look like. And you pretty much are trying to get your physique to look like them. That is it. Mm, That's what they want. With WBFF, it's very much, as it says, world beauty, fitness and fashion. So beauty comes first, fitness comes second and fashion comes third. Right. So within that, they are looking if you if you look at the people who are the world champions they're poster girls they're poster guys they are basically models okay they if when you do wbff it is the whole package they just don't they don't just want someone who's got the best physique they want someone who markets himself well someone who um comes across well on social media who can represent the brand because it is that's what it is it's a brand yeah um so it's really hard to have worked for you know a year or six months or however long you've worked to step on stage to have the best physique you could ever have but it's not what they want yeah you might have you you know you might know that you or you might feel that you've got the best physique but everyone in that top five lineup looks totally different and how do they choose between it is a brand so it is what you know what the judges or what the the owner of the brand wants for their poster girl for their first place and that's really hard to take to come away you know being like well where do I go who do I of course yeah you know, I don't know I, I can't step off stage and go okay she won because she's got bigger shoulders than me or she's got smaller waist than me or her legs are modified you can't do that because you don't know you do get you can get feedback but again it's someone's opinion exactly that must be the hardest part yeah does it then lead to so forever so for whoever wins do you start almost comparing yourself to them thinking well they've got what they th- i think they think they want so yeah. i'm going to go and try and look like that do you do you end up comparing you you do i mean it's i, I think more more than now more than ever it's very much don't compare yourself to anyone and yeah. they do with the WF, wbff they do like to tell you don't compare yourself like you are you be the best you you can be and that is the nice thing about it they're not turning around and going well you don't look like the person who won (laughs) so you're not gonna win um and if you look back at all the winners they do look they do look all different they all look amazing but they all look very different um and i mean saying that you know they don't have their cookie cutter girls they do have you know if you are very very muscular as a female they'll they'll be like you need to go more into the physic um the physique category you yeah. know rather than the fitness and if you you don't if you're not as lean they might say we well, need to go into the bikini category rather than the fitness category so they do try to push you into the categories that you would fit in best um but even then there's such a, a range in these categories um so it's really i think you need to work with whoever is your coach to help build up your mindset so you're a strong person when you step on stage you're proud of the work you've done for the journey you know because everyone on that stage has has been through the grueling process but no one's journey has been exactly the same so you've got to be proud of the the times that you've put in and yeah yeah and and look back and be like do you know what i enjoyed the journey rather than the destination because at the end of the day the destination is stepping on stage for 30 minutes that's it yeah that's it it's 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 a it's quite a wild concept that isn't it all that work for 30 <laughs> minutes it's crazy so yeah like we said we, we said about mindset and how tough it is um 
and how you've got to be open to scrutiny. So how do you make sure you're always looking after your mental health and finding that time to switch off and not let it consume you? I have a very good support network of family. Yeah. I'm very lucky. Um, I might not love them at all the time. <laughs> my head in, especially during lockdown. But they are, they're always there to, to say, you know, are you okay? Or, yeah. you know, let's, let's do something. And, and especially friends as well. I think my friends found, I don't know, actually, I think maybe my family didn't accept or didn't understand competing as much as my friends did. Okay. Um, it might be that my friends actually came more from the competing world anyway. So they were kind of already the fitness competing world. They, that's what they loved. Yeah. Um, but, you know, your family know you and they can see if you aren't happy or, if, you know, if you need to have some family time. And uh, yeah, like I said, my family's very, very strong that they will turn around and, and call me up and be like, Oi, are you okay? What's yeah. going on? Um, <laughs> And, yeah, and then a coach as well to help. Um, but I, I have, yeah, I've struggled massively with um, not driving myself too hard um, when it comes to competing. It's, I think the last show it was, okay, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm only going to do what's my plan. I'm not going to do anything more. Whereas years before I've been like, no, I'm not, I'm not good enough. I've got to keep going and pushing and pushing and pushing. And it is, it's getting to that acceptance of, you can only push yourself a certain amount before you break and yeah. you don't want to break who wants to break you know you you want to push yourself but you also want to have a life um yeah yeah but it's it's accepting i think with any sport it's accepting that you can really do as much as you can do you can push but yeah no one wants to break i love that word acceptance because i think we do we get into something which we're passionate about it could be a fitness goal it could be a business goal, anything like that. And we often think that working hard is, is the answer. And of course it is the answer. Working hard, there's no substitution for it. But I think there's a slight difference between working hard and working smart. Because Absolutely. if you're overworking, you're just going to burn yourself out. You're going to exhaust yourself and you're not going to really amount to your true potential. So just mm -hmm. working smart. Where did you first realise that? Was that, was that pre uh, competing or was that kind of j just during the journey you kind of figured it out during the journey 100%. yeah um I like I said I'm one to, I don't like sitting still I don't like being in my own company so I will always be doing something I'll be on my laptop doing research about something or on Instagram watching people's videos and fitness videos and being like what can I do and my brain is always going yeah it's um probably the last the last competition I did, which was last pretty much the whole of last year, the prep and the show, um, it was, yeah, I think that's when I, I decided, do you know what, I'm going to have more of a balance through, through this prep. It's not that I'm not going to push myself. I'm not going to, you know, not eat my food and not do my training and not do everything I'm supposed to do, but I still want to have a bit of a life. Um, I had broken up from my boyfriend at the time yeah. and we had very much lived the bodybuilder lifestyle. It was gym every weekend, it was eating, you know, 
the right food and it was I didn't really have much of a social life it was very much that was my full-time life so then when we broke up I was like I am the social person I want to go out I want to meet people I want to be I want to dance till four in the morning like (laughs) so in my on my last prep I was like I still want to do those things okay I won't be drinking until four in the morning probably won't make it till four in the morning but I you know I still want to go out I still want to socialize I still want to have a life because that's me that's what I'm about I'm not I okay yes I'm a WBFF pro but that's not that doesn't define me I'm still me as a person um and I was really lucky to have some amazing friends that were like right what we do next weekend what we're doing and I just had to plan it in my life and be like okay well I can be out till three in the morning but I'm going to be up at nine and I'm going to be in the gym I'm going to be doing my session um and then it's accepting that I am going to be tired but actually I had the best night out so it's all about it's it is finding that balance and I think it's some people will argue with me and say you know competing and prep it isn't about balance it's driving yourself really hard and that's okay that's you, you people can do that everyone has their own way of getting to that stage where they step on stage um I just didn't want to do it and hate myself when I stepped off stage and maybe didn't get the result that I wanted and then thought well I've wasted six months of my life yeah. I wanted to look back and be like, you know what? I've, I loved that journey. I loved and stepped on stage and I, I was the be- best shape I could be and I had the best prep. Um, so it's just, it's just about how you deal with getting to your goal. Uh, yeah, and sometimes you've got to have that in, in place, don't you? They say you've got to have these different building blocks in place and one of them is mm-hmm. you, you've got to have your happiness, haven't you? You've got yeah. to socialise. You've got to do those things that make you you so you can go out and do those things because you can't run on empty yeah so for now obviously it's a little bit uncertain with the future and what's what's kind of happening at the moment with fitness and stuff but what what kind of your goals that you've kind of set yourself now so when I when I came off stage last year I didn't think I wanted to compete again okay um I just didn't know where I fitted I had I came off stage and I was like I had the best prep I had the best journey I loved it loved my physique yeah. But I didn't know where I slotted within the federation. And they then brought out a new federation of wellness. And it's like maybe I should, or not federation, sorry, category of wellness. And I was like, maybe I fit into that more. And and then I was like, do you know what? I'm I just want to enjoy. So that was November. It's like I'm gonna just train. I want to build up my business. I want to focus on my business a bit more rather than my physique. Like I'm happy with that. I'm gonna kind of put it to the side a little bit, obviously still train. Yeah. But I want to focus on business. Um, and then I guess I I then had the next goal. I was going to be like, well, maybe I'll step on stage this November, so November 2020. Then everything obviously happened in, in March when we went to lockdown. Yeah. And there were so many shows that were cancelled um, that I was kind of like, you know what, I'm so glad that I took a step back this year and focused right. on something other than competing. Because yeah. it is, you know, you never know what's going to happen. It could get cancelled um so yeah I have spent most of this year focusing well on one rehabbing injuries (laughs) (laughs) and two um my business um and so the goals for me I I would like to step on stage again potentially next year um maybe not even step on stage but just prep like like I said I actually love the journey um I love pushing myself and and seeing my physique change. I mean, you can prep for a photo shoot. You don't have to prep to step on stage. Um, but it is having that 
goal that's my my goal even though business is my business is mine it's still having something that's totally for me um so i think that would be a goal for next year maybe stepping um, stage not not too sure we could see. <laughs> if we're allowed to that is if we're allowed i know yeah. that's really refreshing to hear that you love the journey you don't just love the end product which is getting on stage you love the journey and mm -hmm. a lot of people go through most of life not realizing why they feel dissatisfied when they get to their goal because they forget to enjoy the journey yeah yeah that's so important to I just know. value that isn't it it is and it's it is something that yeah it's even it's it becomes so apparent when you coach people as well like you know they they get angry with themselves because they haven't hit their, their goal weight or their goal, you know, their lift or whatever. And it's like, but how, you know, what have you done up to now? And a lot of my clients, they are lifestyle clients. So they have, they don't have a goal of stepping on stage. They just have, I want to fit in these jeans or I want to go on holiday and look great. You know, and, and if they haven't one week, if they haven't lost weight or whatever, and they're like, oh, you know, I had a bad week. And I'm like, but did you actually have a bad week or did you enjoy yourself did you go out did you have a bad week because you haven't lost weight but yet why haven't you lost it have you gone out have you ha had fun did you go out and eat did you go over your calories did you enjoy it though like you know don't don't get so caught up with your end result I think um Jamie Alderson did a great post uh, a couple of weeks ago which was you know have be clear on your goals so you yeah. know what you're aiming towards but be flexible in your approach you know okay fair enough if you're stepping on stage you can't really be that flexible because you have an end date you have yeah. to be in that shape for but everyone else in terms of life have a goal but you know that that pathway there is not going to be linear it's not going to be straight it's going to take you all over the place things are going to push and pull you all around but so long as your you know your journey is kind of weaving you there enjoy that journey enjoy the little bumps the curves the dips you know the peaks and troughs of that because that is life you don't want to look back and be like oh you know I don't, I don't remember the last six months or I don't remember yeah. I don't like the last six months because then you, you wouldn't like your goal and you won't have learned anything would you no you know that's the most important thing I think about it is you know you have negative times or bad times but the one positive from them is you learn from them and it makes you a better person along that way. Yeah. I think a lot of people do like, I, I've certainly done it. We look so far ahead mm -hmm. and forget about the now with our goals. You know, I remember when I was younger, I'd set myself these different sporting goals. Like by the time I'm that, I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to do that. And then by the time I was a certain age and I wasn't yet doing that, I was thinking, well, I'm not, Oh, what well, what's wrong with me? Like, and then I'd start like, being in a negative cycle in my own head then and I think that mm -hmm. just starts with constantly looking in the future a little bit too much and not being present would you agree yeah yeah absolutely yeah I had life goals when I was younger I was like by the time I'm 25 I'm gonna have met the love of my life I'm gonna be engaged by 27 I'm gonna have children by the time I'm 30 <laughs> and I'm like okay so now I'm 31 I have no children I don't have a partner and you know, it's like but yeah. that I that's life things it's... change and you know and that's that's personal life in terms of business life you know there's the same things you know coronavirus hits gym shut <laughs> what do you do have you spent your whole life in the gym or have you opened your your brain to other things are you able to you know dip into something else are you able to you know does your friend have a business that you can go and support and help and 
get something back from that you know it's, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like you said though it's nothing's linear is it you've just oh. kind of got to be kind to yourself on the way because you know at the end of the day you live in your own head you know got to make sure it's a nice place to be rather than getting on your own back and thinking you're not good enough for some reason because you haven't achieved a goal or putting too much self-worth into something that is really not worth it in a way it's good it's amazing to have goals and I think I'm definitely very goal-driven very very goal-driven that I like to have targets I like to have goals and I kind of encourage my clients to have the same but to not have them so rigid that they get really upset if if you they're unable to achieve it um you know and and I think that's the nice thing about having a coach is that you can speak to someone and say you know if you plan it in your head first of all if you don't tell someone about your goal you can really let it slip and not even bother and not have someone to push you towards it if you tell someone about it they're going to try and keep you accountable for it as a coach um you know if, if someone isn't doing something that's going to help them towards that end goal it's as a as a coach it's your job to be like you know what why why are you not what can we do does your goal need to change you know do we can we be a bit more flexible with it and and maybe bring it take it further away or bring it closer whatever you need to do and it's having someone it's like as a coach you're a bit of a therapist really you know you're helping them you're not telling someone what they should do as in to their goal unless it's for a show but you are helping them to kind of figure their own way out and accept their path and accept that that's going to be their journey until something else happens um but yeah I think I think goals are great it's just having share them with people Mm. so you can have someone to keep you on track um and also to to say you're okay if you're not there yet you know you don't have to be there yet yeah Exactly. Make them specific and realistic to you, not anyone else, you. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. So I always ask, um, this is my last question to everyone who comes on. So from everything you've kind of learned along your journey so far, what would you say is your one piece of advice that you would give to someone? Now, this person can be, it could be someone starting out in, for example, competing like you have. It can be someone starting in fitness. They could be even moving jobs. What would one one piece of advice you'd give me oh um god that's a hard question yeah why did you finish with that one <laughs> <laughs> um the best piece of advice i would give someone who's starting out um i i i don't actually do it um which I probably should. And I guess I kind of have in terms of my preps and stuff. When you yeah. check in, you always have a day where you take your photos, you take your measurements and you check in with your coach. I think with anything, with business, with life, it's to check in with yourself. Okay. It's, you know, we we do bumble through life sometimes. You know, if someone says, how are you doing? They're like, oh yeah, just plodding along or, you know, on that hamster wheel, just still going. and it's it is taking that time i think we touched on it earlier it's it's bringing you back to being mindful and, and present where where are you right now um are you in the right path are you on the right journey that you want to be are you happy on this journey um it might not mean that right now you're happy you might be having a bit of a struggle but is the struggle worth it to get you to where you want to be 
Yeah. Um, you have to go through that, you know, business-wise, physical-wise, personal, life-wise. Um, but to just to check in with yourself. Like I, I've seen counselors, I've seen, you know, my coaches and stuff. And the biggest thing that they ask is, are you okay? And check in how you feel. You know, yeah. what do you need? It's check in with yourself. And if you need something from someone else, don't be afraid to ask. You know, most of us are nice people. We want to help other people out. Yeah. You know, if you need something, just ask. The worst is they can say no and you go and ask someone else. <laughs> exactly. And you know then not to ask them again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Check in with yourself yeah no, that's great advice and i just want to thank you today for coming on um i've been following your you know instagram for a while and the message you're giving out is enjoy your fitness look after your mental health in doing so don't put too much you know self-worth into something just enjoy the process so thank you for coming on no right. thank you so much for asking it's an honor <laughs> Thank you again for listening to the latest podcast. I really appreciate your support as always. If you like this episode, please feel free to share it, subscribe and leave a rating. Thank you and take care.